Well, friends, welcome to day number 14 of Bible in a Year with Pastor Steve. It's so great to be with you all again today as we are nearing the end of week three of this Bible in a Year reading plan. You all are doing magnificently. I just want to encourage you to keep on pressing on so that we might get through this whole Bible in a Year program together and celebrate with each other along the way, especially on day number 365. Well, I wanted to start off by saying I made a little bit of a boo-boo uh, on yesterday's podcast because I was supposed to read to you Exodus chapters 1 through 3, and I only did Exodus 1. So today we are going to be reading from Exodus chapters 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. So it's a bit of a lengthy read, and you're also to read Psalm number 14 and Proverbs 14. It's going to be a great day seeing how God is calling Moses to be his agent of rescue, to deliver the people from the evil that is happening in Egypt. As mentioned previously, this is Israel's story. There's times of exile, there's times of restoration. And through it all, God is faithful to his covenant promises. So friends, buckle up because it's going to be a lengthy reading today. Of course, if you've already read the chapters that I missed yesterday, you can fast forward a bit and pick up on Exodus chapters 4 through 7, which are the scheduled readings for today. But without further ado, let us jump into God's holy inspired word. Exodus chapter 2. A man of the house of Levi went and took a daughter of Levi as his wife. The woman conceived and bore a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could no longer hide him, she took a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and with pitch. She put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. His sister stood far off to see what would be done to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe at the river. Her maidens walked alongside by the riverside. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant to get it. She opened it and saw the child, and behold, the baby cried. She had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Should I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said, Go. The young woman went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. The woman took the child and nursed it. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. In those days when Moses had grown up, he went out to his brothers and saw their burdens. He saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of his brothers. He looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. He went out the second day, and behold, two men of the Hebrews were fighting with each other. He said to him, Who did the wrong? Why did you strike your fellow? He said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you plan to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses was afraid and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and lived in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. 
Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their flocks. The shepherds came down and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Reuel, their father said, How is it that you have returned so early today? They said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and moreover, he drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him, that he may eat bread. Moses was content to dwell with the man. He gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. She bore a son, and he named him Gershom. For he said, I have lived as a foreigner in a foreign land. In the course of those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed because of their bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the children of Israel, and God was concerned about them. Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the wilderness and came to God's mountain, to Horeb. Yahweh's angel appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the middle of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will go now and see this great sight. Why is the bush not burned? When Yahweh saw that he came over to see, God called out to him out of the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. He said, don't come close, take off your sandals, for the place you are standing on is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Moreover, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, And I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, Certainly I will be with you. This will be the token to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Behold, When I come to the children of Israel and tell them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask, what is his name? What should I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, you shall tell the children of Israel this, I am has sent me to you. God said, moreover to Moses, you shall tell the children of Israel this, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and tell them, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, to a land flowing with milk and honey. They will listen to your voice. You shall come, you and the elders of Israel, 
to the king of Egypt, and you shall tell him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Now please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our God. I know that the king of Egypt won't give you permission to go, no, not by a mighty hand. I will reach out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders which I will do among them, and after that he will let you go. I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it will happen that when you go, you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor and of her who visits her house jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and clothing. You shall put them on your sons and your daughters. You shall plunder the Egyptians. Exodus chapter 4. Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me, nor listen to my voice, for they will say, Yahweh has not appeared to you. Yahweh said to them, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. He said, Throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and Moses ran away from it. Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch out your hand and take it by its tail. He stretched out his hand and took hold of it, and it became a rod in his hand. This is so that they may believe that Yahweh, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Yahweh said furthermore to him, Now put your hand inside your cloak. He put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, as white as snow. He said, Put your hand inside your cloak again. He put his hand inside his cloak again, and when he took it out of the cloak, behold, it had turned again as his other flesh. It will happen if they will not believe you or listen to the voice of the first sign that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. It will happen if they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice that you shall take of the water of the river and pour it on the dry land. The water which we take out of the river will become blood on the dry land. Moses said to Yahweh, O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before now nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Yahweh said to him, Who made man's mouth? Or who, or who makes one mute, or deaf, or seeing, or blind? Isn't it Yahweh? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you shall speak. Moses said, O Lord, please send someone else. Yahweh's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Also, behold, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. He will be your spokesman to the people. It will happen that he will be to you a mouth, and you will be to him as God. You shall take this rod in your hand, with which you shall do the signs. Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go to return to my brothers who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Yahweh said to Moses and Midian, Go, return into Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. Moses took God's rod in his hand. Yahweh said to Moses, When you go back into Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have put in your hand, but I will harden his heart, and he will not let the people go. You shall tell Pharaoh, Yahweh says, Israel is my son, my firstborn, and I have said to you, let my son go, that he may serve me, and you have refused to let him go. Behold, 
I will kill your firstborn son. On the way at a lodging, Yahweh met Moses and wanted to kill him. Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet. And she said, Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. Then she said, You are a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. Yahweh said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. He went and met him on God's mountain and kissed him. Moses told Aaron all God's words with which he had sent him, and all the signs with which he had instructed him. Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words which Yahweh had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. The people believed, and when they heard that Yahweh had visited the children of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. Exodus chapter 5. Afterward, Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, This is what Yahweh, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, Who is Yahweh, that I should listen to his voice to let Israel go? I don't know Yahweh, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. They said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to Yahweh, our God lest he fall on us with pestilence and with the sword. The king of Egypt said to them, Why do you, Moses and Aaron, take the people from their work? Get back to your burdens. Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest from their burdens. The same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, You shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. You shall require from them the number of bricks which they made before. You shall not diminish anything, for they are idle. Therefore they cry, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let heavier work be laid on the men, that they may labor in it. Don't let them pay any attention to lying words. The taskmasters of the people went out with their officers, and they spoke to the people, saying, This is what Pharaoh says, I will not give you straw. Go yourselves, get straw where you can find it, for nothing of your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble for straw. The taskmasters were urgent, saying, Fulfill your work quota daily, as when there was straw. The officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, Why haven't you fulfilled your quota both yesterday and today, and making brick as before? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried to Pharaoh, saying, Why do you deal this way with your servants? No straw is given to your servants, and they tell us, Make brick, and behold, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But Pharaoh said, You are idle, you are idle, therefore you say, Let's go and sacrifice to Yahweh. Go therefore now and work, for no straw shall be given to you, yet you shall deliver the same number of bricks." The officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble when it was said, You shall not diminish anything from your daily quota of bricks. They met Moses and Aaron, who stood along the way as they came out from Pharaoh. They said to them, May Yahweh look at you and judge, because you have made us a stench to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the days and in the eyes of his servants, to put a sword in their hand to kill us. Moses returned to Yahweh and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it that you have sent me 
For since I came to Pharaoh to speak your name, he has brought trouble on his people. You have not rescued your people at all. Exodus chapter 6. Yahweh said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for by a strong hand he shall let him go, and by a strong hand he shall drive them out from his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am Yahweh. I appeared to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name Yahweh, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their travels in which they lived as aliens. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore tell the children of Israel, I am Yahweh, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you to myself for a people. I will be your God, and you shall know that I am Yahweh your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a heritage. I am Yahweh. Moses spoke so to the children of Israel, but they didn't listen to Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Go in, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of his hand. Moses spoke before Yahweh saying, Behold, the children of Israel haven't listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me when I have uncircumcised lips? Yahweh spoke to Moses and to Aaron and gave them a command to the children of Israel and to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. These are the heads of the fathers of their houses, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Hanak and Palu, Hezron and Carmi. These are the families of Reuben, the sons of Simeon, Jemuel and Jamin, and Ohad and Jachin, and Zohar and Shaul, the son of the Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi, according to their generations, Gershon and Kohath and Merari. And the years of the life of Levi were 137 years. The sons of Gershon, Libni and Shimei, according to their families. The sons of Kohath, Amram and Izar and Hebron and Uziel. And the years of the life of Kohath were 133 years. The sons of Merari, Mali and Mushi. These are the families of the Levites according to their generations. Amram took Jochebed, his father's sister, to himself as a wife, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. The years of the life of Amram were 137 years. The sons of Izar, Korah, and Nepheg, and Zikri. The sons of Uziel, Mishael, Elzaphan, and Sithri. Aaron took Elisheba, the daughter of Amminadab, the sister of Nashon, as his wife, and she bore him Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Korah, Asir, Elkanah, and Abiasaph. These are the families of the Korahites. Eleazar Aaron's son took one of the daughters of Putiel as his wife, and she bore him Phineas. These are the heads of the father's house of Levites according to their families. These are that Aaron and Moses to whom Yahweh said, Bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their armies. 
These are those who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. These are that Moses and Aaron. On the day when Yahweh spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, Yahweh said to Moses, I am Yahweh. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I tell you. Moses said before Yahweh, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh listen to me? Exodus chapter 7. Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron your brother shall speak to Pharaoh, that he let the children of Israel go out of his hand. I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not listen to you, so I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my armies, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. The Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring the children of Israel out from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. Yahweh commanded them, so they did. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Yahweh spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Perform a miracle, then you shall tell Aaron, Take your rod and cast it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a serpent. Moses and Aaron went in to Pharaoh, and they did so, as Yahweh had commanded. Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called for the wise men and the sorcerers. They also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same thing with their enchantments. For they each cast down their rods and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he didn't listen to them as Yahweh had spoken. Yahweh said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning. Behold, he is going out to the water. You shall stand by the river's bank to meet him. You shall take the rod which was turned into a serpent in your hand. You shall tell him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, and they may serve me in the wilderness. Behold, until now you haven't listened. Yahweh says, In this you shall know that I am Yahweh. Behold, I will strike with the rod that is in my hand on the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. Then the fish that are in the river will die, and the river will become foul. The Egyptians will loathe to drink water from the river. Yahweh said to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your rod and stretch it out of your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their rivers, over their streams, and over their pools, and over their ponds of water, that they may become blood. There will be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did so as Yahweh had commanded. And he lifted up the rod and struck the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, and all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. The fish that were in the river died. They became foul. The Egyptians didn't drink water from that river. The blood was throughout all the land of Egypt. The magicians of Egypt did the same thing with their enchantments. So Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he didn't listen to them as Yahweh had spoken. Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he didn't even take this to heart. All the Egyptians dug around the river for water to drink, for they couldn't drink the river water. Gracious God, what a joy it is to know that you call each and every one of us. 
into the work of your kingdom, into the work of recreation and sharing your love and grace for the transformation of the world. Be with us as we delve deeper into the story of Moses and your plan to rescue the people of Israel from the clutches, the evil hands of Egypt. Show us, Lord, how you continue to call us and empower us, even when we don't feel worthy, even when we feel unable. It's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Yesterday, we wrapped up our readings by hearing that Pharaoh had made a mandate to kill all of the male babies that were born to the Hebrew women. Why? Because Israel was thriving so much. They became so numerous in Egypt that the new Pharaoh in town was jealous and felt threatened. So he had to come up with a plan to change the tide for his benefit. So that brings us to Exodus chapter 2, and we see that Moses is born from the tribe of Levi, which if you know anything about the Old Testament, you'll find out soon that the office of priest will come through the tribe of Levi, and that is a very important role. Now Moses' name means to pull out or to draw out of water. This has tremendous imagery. First and foremost, that Moses is being taken out of the water. The ancient Near Eastern conception of water was that it was a fearful thing, a chaotic thing, something that needed to be tamed. So Moses was drawn out of the chaos. He was drawn out of the chaos of the world that was around him for a purpose. And we'll see that purpose is, from God's standpoint, to rescue the people of Israel from Egypt, the evil clutches of Egypt. And at the end of the story, we're going to see when that finally happens that Moses leads them through a body of water, that is, the Red Sea. All right, so how did Moses get drawn out of the water? Why was he in the water to begin with? Well, when he was born, the mother of Moses saw that he was a fine young lad, it says basically, and decided to save him. So she made a basket, covered it in pitch and tar, and placed him in it and then placed the basket near the edge of the river so that, hopefully, he would be discovered. And it turns out that he is discovered, and ironically, it's by Pharaoh's daughter who decides to save him. And it's clear that she knew that he was a Hebrew boy. She did what was in direct opposition to what her father wanted. So it shows that God's grace was on her, working in her and through her so that Moses would find favor and be able to be spared so that he might become the rescuer. Now, after Moses had grown up, he was out in the town and he saw some Egyptian mistreating a Hebrew guy and he was infuriated and winds up killing the Egyptian, burying him and so forth. And then he's kind of found out, right? Someone called him out on it and he became so fearful that he ran away from Egypt way out of town into what is now known as the area of Saudi Arabia. The Bible, uh, our scripture refers to this place as Midian. While he's there, he's near a well, and he winds up saving this young girl from the hands of some pretty wild shepherds. And she was so thankful, told her father about it. Father invited him in, and they basically become family. The father was Remuel, who is also known as Jethro, and he winds up giving 
Moses a wife, Zipporah, whom they have children of their own. In Exodus chapter 3, while Moses is doing what he does best, that is shepherding, he sees something odd off in the distance, and it catches his eye because it doesn't make any logical sense. It's this bush, and it's burning. I guess in the desert areas, it wouldn't be uncommon for things to burn, but this bush kept burning and burning and burning, and it didn't exhaust the fuel, that is the the leaves and the stems and so forth. It just kept burning. So he went close to it to see what was going on. And from within the bush, within the fire, Moses hears the voice of God. He encounters God. And that voice says, Moses, don't come any nearer because the ground that you are standing on is holy ground. Take off your shoes because it is holy. The place is holy because God was going to use this place for a purpose later on. It would be where Moses encounters God again in fire again on Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai. This is the time when Moses receives the law from God. That is the Ten Commandments. It's also holy because God is present. This is presumably why he tells Moses to take off his shoes. Uh, Shoes were unclean, and where God is, his glory is, it cannot be in the presence of unclean things. There needs to be provisions to deal with those unclean things. So it is now in this interaction between Moses and God that God tells Moses, I've got a plan for you. I'm placing a calling on you. You're going to go and rescue my people from Pharaoh. And he's like, whoa, who the heck am I that I should go to Pharaoh? If you didn't notice, there was a bunch of objections that came about when Moses was hearing about this call, right? Who am I? God says, you know what? I'm going to use you. I will be with you. And he says, what if the Israelites don't believe me when I say that you have sent me? What if they ask what your name is? What am I going to say? God says, tell them I am who I am. Furthermore, tell them that I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Surely they'll know, at least even though they've lived in this foreign land, they'll know how they got there and that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob brought them to Egypt to save them. And now I've heard their cries, and I'm going to bring them to the place that I promised through these patriarchs. And God said, you know what? They're going to listen to you, but Pharaoh will not. God already knew Pharaoh's heart. God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He knows the past, present, and the future all at the same time because he exists from outside of space and time. And look at what God says in verses 19 through 20 here in Exodus chapter 3. He says, I know that the king of Egypt, that is Pharaoh, won't give you permission to go. No, not even by a mighty hand. I will reach out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do among them. And after that, he will let you go. Again, in Exodus chapter 4, Moses continues with these questions and these objections, and he says, what if the Israelites don't believe me? Well, God says, what is that in your hand? He goes, well, this is my walking staff. He says, throw it on the ground, and I'll change it into a snake. That's pretty wondrous, right? 
All right, cool. But what if they don't believe that? Well, stick your hand inside your cloak and pull it out. And when Moses did so, it turned white as snow, leprous. And then when he put it back in his cloak, it came back out just as good as it was before. All right, God, that's cool. They'll probably believe that because those are some pretty mighty acts. But, you know, I'm not really good with words. I'm slow to speak. I'm not very verbally eloquent. God said, I'm the creator of all things. Can't I make your mouth work for you? And Moses just says, you know what? Please just send someone else. It is too much for me. And God gets a little bit angry here. But then he obliges and allows Aaron, his brother, to help him out because Aaron can speak a little bit better than Moses. So Moses returns back to Jethro and he asks to go to Egypt so that he can start doing those things. He tells Jethro, his father-in-law, that he's going to go check up on his people to make sure that, you know, some of them are still alive. And they go to Egypt and they, and they, that is Moses and Aaron, rally up the elders of the people of Israel, and they do exactly as God says. Now, God tells them after they did these things before the Israelites and they believe that now you're going to go and do the same thing for Pharaoh. Interestingly, it says that after you do these things before Pharaoh, that I'm going to harden his heart so that he won't let the people go. Now, as shown in Exodus chapter 3, verses 19 through 20, God already knows the heart of Pharaoh, that it is already hard, and that God is going to let him continue in his disobedience, which makes the heart harder and harder and harder, until it reaches a certain threshold. And at that point, God is going to make his most decisive move yet, which will allow the people of Israel to be freed. Verses 22 and 23 here in this chapter summarize it well. Yahweh says, Israel is my son, my firstborn, and I have said to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. And you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your firstborn. God will allow Pharaoh's heart to get harder and harder until it's at a point and the evil in Egypt is at a point that God must respond with force. And that final act will be the killing of the firstborn sons. This, friends, sets the stage for the remaining chapters where the plagues are pronounced against Egypt one by one and leads up to that final plague of the killing of the firstborn son. And that is found in Exodus chapter 11, which we will get to shortly. Now, I'm sure some of you, like me, have encountered the call of God in our lives at one time or another, and we are tempted to make excuses, aren't we? To list all the ways in which God has picked the wrong person for the job. But rest assured that God is calling you to be a part of his plan for the world. And he will equip you, he will work with you, shower his grace upon you. Even when you falter, he will pick you up, dust you off, and get you back on proper footing. Our challenge is to be listening for God and to not shy away and to yield our hearts to him so that we might fulfill his purposes in our lives. Friends, I pray that you have a very blessed day and that you would consider maybe inviting someone else, one of your friends, your family, 
acquaintances to come join us on this journey of Bible in a Year. There's no better time than today to jump in to God's Word. Even if you've missed out on the first couple weeks, no problem. We welcome you here. My name is Pastor Steve, and I look forward to seeing you all again tomorrow. God bless.